Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number five of the series entitled Walking by Faith. We're going to talk about faith as evidence. I can't wait for you to hear it. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message as well as the entire series, and it's free of charge. Look for it today. All right, without any further ado, here comes part five of the series entitled Walking by Faith, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Amen. All right. Well, today we're going to be um, speaking from the subject of uh, walking by faith. Part number five, it is time to live. It is time to live. Of course, you know, the word live is an acrostic, uh, which um, talks about every uh, every letter in the word live has a meaning. The L is what? Listen. Listen. It's time to listen. The I is? Interpret. Interpret. That is, you're listening to what? Understand. The V is what? You're listening to understand, to find that value. And the E is experience. That is correct. Because we're going to go forth and experience what God is saying. Now, again, before we get into the word of God today, I just want to, I make, I need to make some things clear. Uh, There are, of course, there are some heinous and horrible things going on in our world today. But these things, now, let me just confess this to you before. Confess this to you too. For the past few weeks, uh, uh, for the past few weeks, I have had to deal with really. It was really a spirit of fear that would came that would come upon me. It was really a spirit of fear, and I had to. My wife asked the question, "Do you think it's someone else's?" And that was really when that thing began to break in me. The Lord began because I know the Word, Brother Scott. I know the power of Christ. But I kept feeling this thing come over me in waves. So I would pray, I would pray, I would bind, I would cast off, and it would go. And a few moments later, it would come right back. It was like a yo-yo. It would go, and then it would come right back. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, what in the world is going on here? What's going on here? And he let me know that uh, much of the fear that I was feeling, now I thank God, uh, I think three nights ago it finally broke. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And I could sleep. My God, thank God for sleep. But it got so bad at times that I was up at night praying and I couldn't wait for the sun to come up. Because it became very bad at night. Couldn't wait for the sun to come up. And so Lord let me know that much of the fear that I was feeling was the fear that's come upon this nation. And the Lord let me know as well. And here's here's how he comforted me. And I want to give you these words to you as well. You need to hear this. Uh, The spirit of murder has been in the earth since Cain and Abel. There's nothing new about that. One race going after another race or people going after other people. That's been there since Egypt, since the Hebrews in Egypt, since the Holocaust. This is not new. Where one person rises up against another person, uh, regardless of race or money or position or jealousy, this stuff has been going on for years. This is nothing new. But the new factor of it is that now, rather before, we just heard about it. But with the advent of technology, we all get to see it as if we were there. 
Now, here's the plan of the enemy, and you hear me very well. The plan of the enemy is to strike fear in the heart of the nation. He plans to terrorize you, terrorize the people through all the things that they see, Facebook, news, so forth and so on. He wants to get them in in such a panic that people are afraid to go out of their houses. People are afraid to go to the mall, afraid to send their children to the school, afraid. It is his plan as well to make the general public so afraid that even they, that they are terrorized by the law enforcement. The ones who are supposed to help me may just kill me. That's the plan of the enemy, to terrorize the nation, terrorize the nation. And so he'll use that really in an attempt to, um, to help the Antichrist come on the scene. Because people just won't give up their freedoms. Uh, let me say it this way. They won't just uh, allow the Antichrist to take their freedom, but people will give it up. They'll say something like, save me. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. So please install more cameras. I'm afraid. So please put these chips in me. I'm afraid. Somebody may take my children. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. The Antichrist will ride the wave of fear. And when people are afraid, they'll do anything to keep themselves safe. So the spirit of murder is not, it's nothing that is new. It's been around. But just now, it seems to be everywhere. Everywhere. Psalm 91 says, a thousand will fall at thy side, I believe, and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. So God gives us assurances in his word. He said, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. As a born again believer, as a child of the most high God, you have nothing to fear about. As a matter of fact, God says that he has not given you the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. His angels are still encamped about you to protect you, to sustain you. He's still here with you. This is why he says, don't fear. Fear not. I'm with you. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. So we'll see a lot of things happening to a lot of people all around us. But don't let their fear become yours. The Lord gave me also two good indicators, and then we'll go ahead and start the message. Two good indicators. One with the book of Job. Because Job honored the Lord. Job feared God. He rose every morning, and he applied the blood of sacrifice to his family. The devil came in to try to, try to get him, but he couldn't. The only way the devil could get to Job, he had to go to God first. The blood of sacrifice of those animals and Job's um, Job's faith toward God created a barrier, a shield of protection around him and around his family. And the devil desired to come in, but he couldn't. He had to go through God. The only one strong enough to break that barrier or to allow the devil to come in was God. Let me give you another example. The Lord Jesus uh, with Pilate. 
Pilate told the Lord Jesus, he said, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I can do to you? Don't you know what I can do to you, Jesus? Jesus responds, you would have no power over me except it was given to you of my father. In other words, you can't touch this. Doom, 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 can't touch this. God, my father, God almighty, in order for you to even touch me with a fingernail or brush by me, you're going to have to get permission from my father. And if my father gives you, gives you permission to come, it's for me to whoop up on your tail. Are you hearing me? And it's for my good and for those that are around me. Hallelujah. If it is the father's will for me to go out, for him to allow the enemy to come in and and I go out, I will go out in a blaze of glory. But that's not his plan for us. Are you hearing? I don't want to go out. We're not going to go out until it is our time to go out. Until then, there is a hedge of protection that surrounds your family. The Bible says that the angels of the Lord are encamped about them that fear him. Don't allow the fear of the world to invade your heart. Last. I'm not looking to the government to save us. Thank God for the government. I'm not looking for local law enforcement to save us. And we're praying for them. Thank God for local law enforcement. The Bible says that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be shall be saved. Here is my concern. While all this is going on in the world today, those of us who name the name of Jesus, who are true sons and daughters of God, you hold official authority from the throne of God. Official authority. You are the ones, we are the ones who are meant to enforce the will of the Father in prayer. If bad things happen, you've heard this saying, bad things happen because good people do nothing. If bad things happen, many times it's because we failed to pray. We failed to intercede. So you know Jesus. You can extend the atmosphere of heaven. You can extend the covering the blood covering of Christ to those that are around you. You can extend the prayer covering over their lives. Remember, there's only one covering. There's only one shield and that's through Christ Jesus. There's only one safe place and then that's in the will of God. There's only one safe place. Ray, I saw a show on the Discovery Channel about bonkers. Not bonkers. Bunkers. You know, these big tractor trailer size, you know, uh, buildings they put in the ground and people got them so nice under there. I mean, they got marble floors. They got all that kind of stuff look nice. It's really nice. And they have it several feet under the ground and people are trying to take shelter. They say, this world's going crazy and I'm going to get me a bunker. You know, it's only a few hundred thousand dollars. You know, it'd be a nice area to play around. But, you know. I'm going to get me a bunker and I'm going to put it on the ground and I'm going to have all this here and my family and I are going to be safe. Let me tell you, brother, the only safe place there is is in the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what's happening? You're going to have to pray. Pray not only for your family, but those that are around you. But you stay in the will of God. You don't have to worry about all this. You're going to see it 
because the devil's trying to put it up everywhere to incite fear in the heart of the nation. But you and I have to bind that fear off the nation and cast that down in the name of Jesus. We have authority through God. Amen? Amen. But let me end sermon number one by saying this. Evil has no color. It comes in all shapes and sizes. Never assign a color or a gender to evil. Because the moment you say it only comes from there, turn around, it's about to pop you on the back of your head. Never say that it just comes from one place or one country to another. No, uh uh-uh. It has no color. It has no place. But it is always trying to get you, but it can't as long as we stay in the will of God. Stay covered in the will of God. Stay covered by his blood. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, let's stay covered. Hallelujah. Oh, but I thank God for deliverance. Praise the Lord. Now, over the next few weeks, uh, we will be, or a month or so, we will be, I will be hosting, the Lord put on my heart to host another uh, citywide, countywide, region-wide, region-wide prayer service. So we will be getting with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will, we will be praying together, hallelujah, to confront this thing. Hallelujah. To confront it in Jesus' name because we have the power through Christ to do that. And I pray that you are, uh, you'll be with us at that time because we need you. We need you to do that. Amen? Mm. Well, let's clap our hands for the Lord one more time. Hallelujah! I feel like saying it again. Doom, 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 doom. Doom, doom. Doom, doom. Come on. Doom, 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 doom. Doom, doom. Doom, doom. Yeah, I ain't saying it. Come on. Doom, 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 doom. Doom, 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 doom. There you go. Tell your neighbor, you tell him, you can't touch this. I'm covered by the blood, baby. I'm covered by the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you never know what's going to happen when you get here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Let's go back today. Second Corinthians 5. Are y'all ready to learn the word of God today? Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses seven, verse number seven. And it starts like this. For we walk by and not by. We walk by faith and not by sight. That is such a very, very powerful statement. And I can't wait to you uh, really understand the depth of that as we continue to go through this series. This is part number five in that series. If you missed part four, three, two, one, they're on the table in the back. Make sure you get a copy so that you can continue to learn with us. As we said before, the word walk talks about a manner of living or a course of life. We walk by faith. In other words, we live by faith. That is what we do, that we live by faith. You have access to faith. You just have to use it. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's also go to Hebrews, the first chapter, Hebrews one. And we're going to read um, verses one through six. We started here uh, a few weeks ago and we're going to continue to do that. We're going to read verses one through six and then go back and talk about some things. It says now faith is the one, the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a what report? 
a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than that of, rather than Cain, uh, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, what's the it? Come on, faith. Amen. By it, what's the it? By faith, by it, by faith, he being dead yet speaketh. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Through his act of faith, he was dead as a doornail, but yet he still had a voice, still could speak in such a way that it broke the sound barrier here in the earth realm, went all the way up to heaven and God still heard his voice. From the grave, God was still hearing him. His blood was crying out. Isn't that something? That's powerful. Um, Verse uh, number five, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Wow, look at that. Even faith with faith, you can cheat death. Faith breaks the power of that. Isn't that something? By faith or through faith or with faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. What? That he pleased God. Say with me. He pleased God. Come on, say it again. He pleased God. Well, how in the world was Enoch able to please God? Verse 6 tells you, but without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Praise the Lord. All right. So uh, I want to show you some things. Let me go back over some things, and then we're going to go back forward. We're going to go forward. Last time we talked about uh, how the more we walk with God, the more we'll discover that what God wants is what you want. The more we walk with him, the more you'll discover that what God wants is actually what you want. And what you want is what God wants. The more we walk with him. Remember, the Bible declares that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word hope has to do with desire. What you want. What you want. The more you walk with him, you'll find the more your desires will change. Hallelujah. I won't be praying for something crazy and out of, out of order. Because let me tell you, the, the wants of God, the desires of God within you will be so strong it will burn like fire. Will burn like fire. And it'll come to the point, and I love this, it'll come to the point, uh, even I saw this as well, uh, when I think it was Rachel uh, in the word of God, Leah and Rachel, uh, Jacob's wives, uh, Leah was putting out, putting out babies left and right. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, yeah she was. Just pop, pop, pop. But she was the Bible. The Bible says that she was the more homely one. She didn't. She wasn't really, um, you know, as attractive as her sister Rachel. Rachel was attractive, but her wound was barren. She didn't pop. Why are you looking at me like that? But what happened? Rachel became desperate. She had a desperate desire. 
desperate desire. And so she, the first stop she goes, she goes to her husband and she tells him, give me a child, give me, give me a child or else I die. Give me a child, that desperation, give me a child or else I die. He says, woman, what's wrong with you? If God doesn't do it, there's nothing I can do. Then, of course, she goes before God and God remembers her and hears her. And, of course, she starts popping out, too. But we've got to be at that point of desperation. If you lose your desperation or your dependence upon God, let me tell you, you've lost. Our fire with God, our zeal for God must continue uh, to burn within us. Our fire for him, our passion for him, our desire for him, our need for him. This is fuel. This is fire with on the inside of us. There should be a fire that is burning down deep in your soul that you can't contain or that you can't control. Something that says, God, I want more of you. God, I want more of you, more of your love, more of your power, more of you in me. Father, I want you. We should always be in the position where the, when we are reaching up to God reaching further for him reaching out to him always reaching for him are you hearing this is our temperature Uh, this is where we can check our spiritual temperature are we reaching out for him because there is so much more than you're experiencing right now you mean to tell me that um, that's all there is to God coming to church a couple of days a week giving a couple of dollars an offering plate sitting down Watching a crazy preacher. Is that it? Is that all there is to it? Read my Bible every once in a while. Say grace. You know, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the food. Amen. Is that it? No. There is so much more. There is so much more. I'm praying God change me. I want to be changed. I want to be changed. Hallelujah. I want more of his anointing. I want more of his presence. I want more of his power. I want more of the manifestation of heaven in my life. Hallelujah. I want more of him. I'm crying out for more. You know, the Bible says that you seek, you will want. You will find. So we say that because as God gives you his heart, as he gives you his heart, And as he has your heart, you'll become co-laborers with God. You'll labor with him. Labor with him. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 3, uh, verses 8 and 9 say this. It says, um, now we, rather, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own uh, reward according to his own labor. Verse 9, for we are God's, rather, mm, for we are laborers together with who? Who working alongside with him. We are laborers, we are laborers together with God. Ye, you are God's husbandry, you or ye are God's building. Husbandry talks about being a field, a cultivated field. Think about it. Your heart is God's cultivated field, the field. Remember, the Lord said that the sower goes out to sow the seed and some fell on um, along the side, wayside. Some fell among stony ground and and some fell among um, uh, thorns or weeds. Uh, and then some fell on good ground. And how that seed is the word of God. 
So you are God's field and you have to present him with a field that is ready to to receive and to accept what he has to say to you. Even when that thing is difficult, you say, yes, Lord, I receive it. We have to bow our knees to truth, bow to truth. Yes, Lord, let your will come to pass in my life. Even when that word that he sows in your heart is difficult, even when it's difficult, and the picture, of course, is Christ Jesus there in the Garden of Gethsemane as he's about to go and th- through the crucifixion process. Even though the will, even though this word, God's will, is difficult, it must still be sown. We must give it a place for it to be sown and be planted and cultivate and produce, a f- and produce fruit that will not only bless you, but bless those that are around you. Yes. Yes. Amen? So we have to present him with a good cultivated field, our heart. Okay, and the thing that can stop the seed from producing is our disobedience or our reluctance from receiving it. So if it's a hard word that God's trying to sow in your heart, if it's hard, say, yes, Lord, but help me to understand. Be honest with him. Yes, Lord, I hear this. I know this, what you're saying. I don't see how this is going to work, but I want to say yes to you. Help me in manifesting the yes. Help me to manifest your word. Just be honest with him. That makes sense to you? All right. You are God's husbandry. You are God's, uh, that is, you are God's field. You are God's building. He's going to plant things in you and the harvest he's going to place in you for the world that is around you. Let me say it this way as well. God puts his spirit in you. And hear this. God puts his spirit in you for you. The Bible says again that as you pray in the spirit, you are edified. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He is your counselor. He is your leader. He is your teacher. His spirit is in you for you. But when he comes upon you, it's for everyone else. When he overflows out of your heart, that is for everybody else. There is a difference. I don't want any of you, any of us just to be stuck with the point of, okay, I got the Holy Ghost in me and he's helping me. He's helping me. But we miss the misery that's all around us. The world's in misery right now. And what I'm telling you is that by faith, by the faith of God, you are the answer or you have the answer or possess the answer that they need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think about the early church and, and how successful they were because when they heard the word of God, they all went out. They went out and they shared the gospel with others. And it greatly increased. It greatly increased. Contrast that with today's modern day church where most were, if you have a church of 300 or 200, and, and, and they look back and say, preacher, you go to the hospital. You got two, 300 people saying, pastor, you go to the hospital. You go pray for the sick pastor. You got the anointment. You got the anointment. Woo! He can feel it on you, pastor. Woo! Woo! We can feel it on you, pastor. You got the oil. Oh, God is working with you, pastor. Go ahead. I'm going to go watch the football game, but you go ahead, pastor. Woo! You got 300 people trying to look to one man to do the work of Jesus. How crazy is that? But how about the one man inspired the 300 to go do the work? Does that make sense to you? You are equipped to lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover. Will you always see the sick recover right in front of your eyes? You would like to. I would like to. 
But the fact is, God said, do it and leave the results up to him. You just obey his word. You take the risk and leave the rest up to him. Amen. Oh, my God. So we talked about uh, being God's building, God being his husband, husbandry, uh, that is being his land. And we also talked about the most important thing about faith, being in oneness with him, being in oneness with God. I must be at one with God. The Bible declares, and this is now on your screen, but you can take this down in your notes once again. John 17, verses 20 through 21. John 17, 20 through 21. It says this, neither pray the Lord, the Lord Jesus praying here. He says, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may, that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Got to be one with him. Isn't that awesome? To think that I could be one, that you could be one with the one that created everything. The one who was ultimate power. Ultimate power and authority. It is he that says, come be one with me. Woo! That knocks your boat out the water. The one that created everything. The one, the, the one who has, there is no darkness in, darkness in him whatsoever. The one who is so high that, that there is no one beside him. He says, come. Come up and sit with me and my son. Come up. Be my sons and daughters. Come sit with me. We can take that so lightly. But it's not a light thing. Are you hearing me? All right. So he says, be one. And last, we talked about having a heart, uh, that heart of that like of Mary. Remember what, anybody remember what Mary means? The word Mary means? Rebellion, right? Their, their rebellion. Their rebellion. Rebelling against the status quo, the things of this world system. Christianity is a counterculture. We are a counterculture. They say hate, we say love. Praise the Lord. They say somebody curse you, you curse them back. But Jesus says they curse you, you bless them. You pray for them that despitefully use you. Christianity is a counterculture. We're bringing in heaven. While some are still trying to maintain hell, we're bringing in heaven. An atmosphere of heaven. Amen. There are seven things that uh, we talked about with the heart of Mary. Once she heard his word, uh, she, and she also sought to understand it. She received his word. Uh, she produced the word in her heart. She let the word grow within her. And uh, she allowed that word to be fruitful, f- fruitful in her. She allowed it. Uh, she stewarded that word or she, take, she took care of that word. And she allowed the word in her to change her and change the world around her. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's go ahead. I want to show you some things here. Let's go back up to uh, Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. Now, this is so powerful. Are y'all ready for this? It says, now again, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is extremely powerful. Look at verse number three. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Understand that. Now, typically when we hear that verse, 
we're thinking about the unseen world, the spirit world, creating God created this seen world from the spirit world, right? Things which appear us were made of things that don't appear, made of things that are invisible, correct? All right. The Bible says that the worlds were framed by the word of God, which means also in the very beginning of things, there was no spirit realm either. There was nothing. Bible says in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. There was nothing. There was only God. Everything else came from him. And so for a matter of time, I'm not sure what, um, what sphere of time or whatever you, whatever you even want to call it, there was just God. And the things that are in the spirit, his throne, the angels, all the heavenly places and all that stuff, all that was invisible in him. He created that. Does that make sense? So the things that we, if we were in the spirit realm now, if we were all in heaven right now, and we look around and we see that that world, of course, is more real than this one. But if we were all there in heaven, we would understand that that scene, those seen things were once invisible. That that scene was created from that thing that was invisible. How did God create the heavens that is his throne, the angels, the planet, moon, stars, everything that there is. The Bible declares it very plainly through, he did it through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Here's the important thing about faith. That God will invest and has invested in mankind the ability to use something that was used before the world before the, this world was framed or the spirit was framed when there was only God. He says, I will place this substance into your possession for you to use. Oh, it was mighty quiet today. The Bible says again, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says, for by it, by faith, the elders obtain a good report. They use this substance to create things. They use this substance called faith. This very substance that was with God in the very beginning before there was anything that was made. He said he will invest this substance into you so that you can create things for him. So that you can use this through his word. He can use you to do things in the earth. Things that he wants to bring about. He can use it. Use you to bring those things about through faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's deep, but we can go there. Now understand something too. Let's go into verse number, uh, back into verse number one. And let me show you this. I showed you a video a little while ago. Uh, from CSI, right? Evidence. That's what they do. They always, in those, in those um, programs, they, they're trying their best to find the evidence. There's a criminal. He says, I didn't do it. I wasn't even there. I wasn't there. I, I, look, I was out of town. I wasn't even there. But, sir, we found your fingerprints at the scene. Well, uh, maybe I was there. I didn't do it. I wasn't there. I didn't do it. I didn't there. Yes, but we found your DNA here. Well, evidence always points to the existence of something. 
evidence always says that something happened, something was there. Look at the, look at the Bible verse again. It says, uh, verse number one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Your faith is evidence. Evidence of what? Evidence of the reality that what you're believing God for actually exists. Evidence evidence does not point to nothing. Evidence always points to the existence of something. That's what they do. The crime labs and all that stuff. They go around trying to find out evidence because that evidence represents or tells them that something happened, somebody did it, something, something was there. All right? So your faith becomes evidence. Tell it to me, my faith, my faith is evidence. Now, evidence is always admissible in court. Evidence, evidence. So, in fact, what we could say is this. Let me break the word evidence down for a moment. The word evidence is a proof that by which a thing is proved or tested. It is Um, It is the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or proposition is true or valid. Evidence is the proof that points to the existence of something real. So if you obtained faith, if you have faith in God for a particular thing, that thing is your evidence. It is like your title deed. Or it is like your receipt. If you order something online and you you put your credit card information there and it prints out that receipt, you print it out. That is your proof that you now own that thing. That makes sense. Your faith is evidence that what you're believing God for does exist. Without faith, you have no evidence that what you're believing for believing for exists. That makes sense. So I'm believing God for my healing. Then his word, in fact, becomes evidence to me that my healing existed. He tells us that it is by his stripes that I am healed and I receive that word as a seed into my heart. And then that seed that is grows in me, that becomes part of me, then becomes evidence. Then I get fully convicted of this thing. This thing is true. And uh, there's a man who says, I, I believe, I believe that God has healed my legs. I believe it so much that I see myself walking. I see myself walking. Well, that's evidence right now that what you're believing for actually exists. Or someone says, well, I believe, I believe for that new house. I can see myself walking in it right now. I can see myself opening the door. Well, that faith is an indication that what you're believing God for actually exists. I can see my son. I can see my daughter coming back home again. I can see them coming back through the door. Well, then that lets you know your faith is the evidence that that actually exists. The Bible says, again, it is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of something that is not seen. That means that what you believe in God for does have an existence. It exists outside of your reality. But it is there. Your faith is the assurance of that. Your faith is the evidence of that. Proof telling you, proof positive that what you're believing God for does in fact exist. So if we say, well, I know that God's going to do something, but, you know, there's no faith trail. There's no faith trail. If you can honestly look in your heart and say, do you believe God? Do you believe God's going to do this? Well, I don't know. Without, we see, with the absence of faith, you have no evidence that it exists. 
But when you do have faith, your faith becomes that evidence. Listen, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the what? Evidence of things not seen. My faith is the evidence that that exists. Now, there's a period of time that we have to wait in most cases for the manifestation of that thing to occur. You believe in God for it and faith becomes your evidence. And we can say it this way. Uh, God is saying in so many words, you hold this until that comes. You hold this. You hold this. Um, and there are many different types of evidence that God can, uh, can give you to hold until the manifestation occurs. Abraham and Sarah, God told Abraham in his word, he said, your name no longer is Abraham, is Abram, but it shall be Abraham. And you're going to be a father of many nations. Hold on to that until that occurs. He calls Sarah's name. It was uh, Sarai, but she, she, God changed it to Sarah. Hold on to that promise until that occurs. He told Moses, Moses, uh, you're going to be the deliverer of, uh, of the nation of Israel, the, of the Hebrews. And I'm, I'm, I want you to hold on to this staff until you see that occurs. Gideon, hey, I'm going to use you to deliver your people. Uh, I'll give you a fleece there, and I'll make sure water gets on it and not on it and all that stuff. I'll call you a mighty man of valor. Hold on to that experience until that occurs. Hold on to this until you get that. And this is evidence that God is going to do it. My faith becomes an evidence it forms in you. It forms in you through the word of God. The Bible declares, I believe, in the book of Romans, um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, the word of God is a seed. You let that word get sown in your heart. You begin to hear the word of God over and over and over again. You begin to declare it to yourself. You become fully convinced of that. And faith begins to get built on the inside of you. That evidence is now there. It begins to take form and shape. And then you come to the point, well, I know this for sure. I know God is going to do this. I am convinced that God is going to do this. Well, that faith then is your evidence that God has already released that thing. And it has its existence. All you got to do now is wait for the manifestation of it. The Bible says that through faith and patience will obtain the promises. Does that make sense to you? As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and show that uh, in, the, in uh, Hebrews 6 verse 12. It says again that ye, that ye be not slowful but followers of, of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Look at Galatians 6, verse 9. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, say due season. In due season, we, we shall what? Reap if we faint not. Now, love Habakkuk 2, 3. It says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Turn to them and tell them, wait for it. Again, hold on to your evidence, hold on to your evidence, hold on to your confession of faith until you see the manifestation of the things you're hoping for. Your faith then becomes evidence, DNA, fingerprint samples, whatever. It, it, it points you to something that God has already released to you, something that is already in existence. Are you hearing? 
So if someone says, I have faith for healing, and I know God's going to heal me. I know it in my heart. I have it in my heart. Well, that is your evidence that God has already released the thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's your evidence. It's your proof that God has already released, already released it. And so he says again, uh, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now, let me give you a few faith keys, and then we're going to end um, then we're going to end today. Are y'all still with me today? Amen. Oh, I'm enjoying this. I pray that you are too. God said, I have invested in you this substance that I use to create the world. He's given you his word. And now you're also operating in faith. Are you hearing? This is wonderful. So, again, the Bible says as well, I believe it's in uh, verse number four. It says, by faith. Um, that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than that of Cain. By faith. In other words, with um, Abel's offering, he used faith. Cain's offering was without faith. That's why it was more excellent. This is why Cain's offering was rejected, because it was without faith. We saw the heart of Cain because once God told him, Cain, if you do good, don't you know you'll be accepted? Where's your brother? I don't know. I'm not a brother's keeper. His heart was corrupt. His heart was corrupt. Abel's heart was not corrupt, and he could honestly give his gifts before God with a heart that was open toward him. This was a willing sacrifice. Cain's sacrifice was not willing, and it was without faith. So this is what I'm telling you today as well. When you give your, even your offerings to God, always let it be with faith, with a willing heart. Amen. Let me give you a few faith keys and they will close out today. This is, this is how you can realize if you're in walking in faith or not. I'm going to show you this, the word faith. F-A-I-T-H. I spelled that right, didn't I? Praise the Lord. This is what faith is. I want you to uh, try to remember this. Faith means, here's the F, for full, here's the A, S, uh, full assurance, uh, I, N, T, the, H, anybody know what H is? Right. Heart. Somebody's very good. A-R-T. There you go. Faith is full assurance in the heart. So remember that. Think about faith. Faith is full assurance in the heart. You say, I got faith. You're saying you have full assurance in my heart. Full assurance of what? What I'm believing God for, what I'm hoping for will come to pass. Faith is my assurance. It is my evidence. Does that make sense? Let me give you a few more keys, then we'll close out for today. Faith is always, as you found out in verse number one, it says, now faith is the substance of things, for the evidence of things not seen. Faith is always in the present tense. If you say, I believe that God is going to do this one day, you're no longer in faith. Faith is always now. It always believes God has done it. The Lord has done it now. Now, remember the Bible clears in Mark 11, 24. Um, he says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. At the time of prayer, you must believe that you receive it. 
and then you'll have it. Does that make sense? Your faith becomes your assurance that God has done this thing. Faith is also an act of the will. You have to choose to believe or choose not to believe. So someone says, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. You're absolutely right because you want to allow yourself to believe it. Faith is always an act of the will. You have to choose to believe it. And faith also involves taking risks, stepping out and being uncomfortable. You're not going to step. You're not going to stay in faith or even arrive in faith unless you step outside of yourself, step outside of what you have or, or what you're already doing. Faith always stretches you. You're always stretched when you're in faith. If you're doing what you can do, there's no need for faith. None whatsoever, because faith always prompts us to do the impossible, prompts us to believe in God for the impossible. Faith is full assurance in the heart. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Let's clap our hands for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.